Greetings to all of you. Welcome to our teens and young adult presentation. So when I meet with groups of teenagers or young adults at our local temples here in Southern California or in meditation centers, we generally begin by introducing ourselves, telling a little bit about our lives, what we want to achieve in this life, who we want to become, what we want to attain, and how we are doing on the spiritual path. And so I'd like to hear all of you. I really love, love hearing your stories and how you have fared during this past challenging year since the pandemic started. We know it must have been difficult, especially for the teenagers and young adults. So even though that's my desire to hear you all, we are not there quite yet with the technology. Maybe in the future we'll have an opportunity to congregate all together. For now, I'll begin by introducing myself, telling you a little bit of my early experiences on the spiritual path as a teenager. Believe it or not, that's when I started. And so, first my name, I'd like to tell you that my monastic name in the ashram before I became a brother was Brahmachari Simone. Now, Simone rhymes with Spumoni. And so I realized when visiting the Sunday school classes at our Hollywood temple that the children there like to call me Brahmachari Italian ice cream. Then I took the final monastic vows, I became a brother, I was assigned as a minister at our Fullerton temple. And when meeting regularly there with teenagers and young adults, they knew that I loved pizza, I myself having grown up in Italy. And so they thought that my new name should have been Brother Pizzananda. Well, whether you like it or not, my actual name is Brother Tiagananda. And you may know, wait, a, you may say, wait a moment, I know it's ice cream, pizza, but what is Tiaga, what is Ananda? Ananda, it's an Indian word from the ancient Sanskrit language that means joy, divine joy. It's a state of permanent happiness. The joy that we begin to experience in our own lives when we feel an awakening of what? Awakening of the soul within us as we gradually utilize the methods of yoga meditation taught by our Guru Founder, Paramahansa Yogananda, we do experience gradually in time the awakening of our soul. And when the soul begins to expand and merge with the infinite spirit all around us, God, Divine Mother, Cosmic Consciousness, call Him, Her, It as you wish to call Him, Her, It. That's the beauty of God. If God is anything, He can be anything to us. That's what I've experienced. And through meditation, as our soul expands, we begin to feel the joy, a joy that lasts, a joy that is with us all the time, even and especially when we go through difficult, challenging circumstances, as many of you, many of us did in the past several months or years. Our master, Paramahansa Gananda, has a beautiful way to put it. He once said, when everything else melts away, meaning when all experiences, people, situations in life melt away, that divine joy remains. And I don't know you, but as a teenager I began to realize, observing, looking around, that material things will come, material things will go away, people will come, 
friends and people who may have even promised to love us, to be with us, and then next week, next month, they were gone, or even we were even betrayed. Or even attainments, achievements uh, in sports, in academic schools that I thought would, be, would give me a sense of deep, lasting happiness. After a few weeks, it was the same. I felt dissatisfied. But when I began to meditate, when I did my best to follow the teachings of our Master through the practice of the yoga meditation techniques, I could feel, ah, now things are different. And I don't know you. How many of you are meditating? It doesn't matter. What really truly matters, I found in my own life, begin. Let's begin. And now possibly, usually that's the most frequently asked question of teenagers to me. When did I start really practicing meditation? Well, I was 14 or 15. You would say there was a crisis in my own family. My mother became ill, seriously ill. It wasn't really uh, a life-threatening condition, but it was serious enough that her personality changed. And uh, we knew her as a very affectionate, loving mother, my brother and I, but uh, all of a sudden she was more absent from family life. And so I started becoming apprehensive, very anxious, very worried. So our father saw that I was getting a little too worried and anxious, so he suggested I go away for a while to the country house of some relatives. And so I was there, it felt more peaceful, but after a few days I felt alone, no friends. I didn't know what to do, so lonely and bored. And from what I hear from many teenagers these days, especially during the pandemic, having to be stuck at home, not being able to socialize, not being able to play sports with your friends, that's what you have all experienced, right? That boredom and loneliness and dissatisfaction. And so I was there, but then I discovered that my grandfather had a huge, large library. Mind you, at the time, we didn't have the internet, no smartphones. So the only place where you could have access to a lot of books, a lot of ideas, and reading the lives of great men and women who had achieved and became successful in this world was going to a library. So in the library, lo and behold, I found the first books on yoga. And I thought, this seems very interesting. And so I sat down, cross-legged, following the instructions by myself, and guess what? I felt, wow, I'm becoming very calm. For the first time, something's changing. And that's when I really, you would say, I really fell in love with yoga, with yoga meditation. And I kept searching, and after a year or so, I found the autobiography of a yogi, the life story of our guru founder, Paramahansa Yogananda. And then I was 16, and I signed up for the lessons. I needed the permission of my parents because I was still under legal age growing up in Europe. And at the moment I realized, ah, it's not just practical methods to relax the body, calm the mind, it's much more. We can also create, establish a real, personal relationship with the Divine through a Master, through a Guru, one who has already realized this state of Divine Joy, Ananda, one who has gone all the way to God and has come back to tell us, follow me and your life will change. Do what I say and you can become so happy, much happier than what you're experiencing now. So. One of the first practical principles I'd like to share with you all 
because if I could go back with what I know now and speak to myself as a, when I was 17 years old or 16 or 14 when I started, when I was worrying so much, well, I would tell myself, breathe, relax. It's never as bad as it may seem. Sometimes when we are teenagers, we feel, teenagers, we feel the whole world is coming down, is everything's crumbling. Well, yes and no. This too shall pass. And we know from teenagers who come to our temples or young adults, many of you have shared with us beautiful stories how they employ these yoga methods they've learned when joining us a convocation or other meetings in our temples or studying their lessons with their parents or by themselves so that they can become calmer, more focused, more centered. The master would explain I'm paraphrasing now his words. How can we enjoy life if we, if we inwardly feel always worried and anxious and restless, right? And that is what I experienced even so young. And that's what possibly many of you have been experiencing now, when so many things have been taken away. Especially, say, if you were in your senior year in high school, you feel you have been robbed, you had to miss grad night, prom night, graduation ceremony, some beautiful events in your life, right? There can be a sense of anger and frustration that creates the restlessness in the mind, the negative emotions. What can we do? Well, what I have discovered, and I'm very happy to share with you, there is always something we can do. There is always a way out. There is always a way through. When? When we have a master to guide us, one who knows how we can live well. That, that's why these teachings are not just theoretical. It's not just an intellectual approach. They are very practical methods. Our master, Paramahansa Yogananda, would call them the how to live skills, to live happily, to have joy in life. Now, going forward my story, when I was 17, I had this great desire to go visit to California, master's ashrams in California for the first time. I was growing in central northern Italy, in Europe at that time. So it took me a while to convince my parents, because again, I was under legal age, to travel alone from Rome, Milan, to Los Angeles to visit the Mother Center, because I wanted to see, I wanted to meet at least some of the monks. I wanted to see what they looked like, uh, how they behaved, how they spoke. Because, yes, by then I had become a student of the lessons. And by the way, if you are interested, you don't have to sign up right now if you are not yet a student. But browse our website, the website of Self-Realization Fellowship. You will find many guided meditations, many of these practical methods that we will be practicing together at the end of this presentation. There will be a separate segment that you will find in a separate video available to you on the site, convocation site, where we'll be practicing together these breathing, breathing techniques, yoga methods, mini brief guided meditation, affirmations, visualizations. That's what changed my life. That's what I've been so passionate about since I was 14, 15 years old. And so we'll be doing that together at the end. So I had, going back to the story, I had this desire to meet the monks because, as I was telling you, even though I could see, okay, even though I may feel anxious, restless, I practice meditation, I feel good. Still, when I would go, by then I was in high school. I don't know you, but high school can be a very rough, negative environment. 
And so I needed some reinforcement and I couldn't hold on always to the state of calmness, peace, or following what I wanted to do. I would, I would be carried away by peer pressure. Yeah, friends wanted just me to waste time with them. So I traveled to California. I arrived at the Mother Center. The nuns at the, recep at the reception center here, uh, they realized that my English wasn't quite good. I didn't know English quite well at the time. As you may know already, you can pick my accent. I'm still learning English, but I do my best to share these thoughts with you. And so the nuns called a senior monastic, a brother who actually could speak Italian. It was Brother Bimalananda, one of the brothers who was so fortunate, blessed to live as a young, as a young adult, you would say, with our master, Guru founder Paramahansa Yogananda. He was from an Italian-American family, born and growing up in the United States. And so we spent a wonderful time together, and I remember distinctly that we were walking through the gardens, beautiful gardens. I hope many of you have seen them or you can see them on the visual guided tour available with this online convocation or I hope one day from wherever you are in the world you may come to visit these beautiful meditation gardens here at the Mother Center. So we were walking through the gardens and Brother Bimalananda was giving me some encouragement how to follow the spiritual life while being high school student with all the negativity and disturbances. And I could see from a distance some monks and volunteers, they were installing a new irrigation system. And as we were passing by the meditation garden, I could hear this hiss, like the pressure of water mounting up in some valves or pipes. And then all of a sudden, it was like an explosion and the sprinkler head, I guess, that had not been installed completely, blew off. And we were just passing there and we got all wet. Well, guess what was the response of Brother Bimalananda? He started laughing and laughing and dancing around saying, Oh, Divine Mother is playing with us. That was my strong impression the moment I met Brother Bimalananda. So full of joy, so full of happiness. And here we were all wet, and I was very serious, and I thought, well, what am I going to do now? These are the only clothes I have here today. At the time, I was pretty stiff and serious. I couldn't relax. And so he looked at me. At the time, was still Simone. He said, Simone, relax. Breathe. Your clothes will dry out. Enjoy this moment. And so that was what I wanted to see and experience. Okay, here is a man who has lived a spiritual path, has practiced the teachings of our Guru Paramahansa Yogananda for all these years, since he was very young, and he exudes, he radiates the joy, that happiness. And that's what I wanted. And one thing he showed me when I told him that still I was struggling with all these negative thoughts and then giving in to temptations and excessive material attachments, and he told me, one book he told me to get, and I did, and I bought it, is this little booklet by our master, Scientific Healing Affirmations. And he told me, it's good that you practice the meditation techniques, the breathing methods to relax the body, calm the mind, prayer, visualization, but also practice every day the affirmations that can change your life. And he pointed out one affirmation that over the years has become one of my favorites, 
and I'd like to practice it with you right now. So for a moment now, take a deep breath in. Exhale through the mouth. Long, deep exhalation. Pause at the end of the exhalation. Do it one more time. Breathe in slowly and deeply. Exhale, slow, deep, cool exhalation through the mouth. Pause. Feel. You feel different, right? Isn't it amazing? Just a couple of deep breaths in and out, long, deep inhalations, as our Guru has explained, long, deep exhalation helps us to calm down, to relax. Then in that piece now, may I ask you, please close your eyes and repeat aloud this affirmation from the Master. I relax and cast aside all mental burdens, allowing God to express through me His perfect love, peace, and wisdom. I relax and cast aside all mental burdens, allowing God to express through me His perfect love, peace, and wisdom. Now breathe in again. Open your eyes, exhale, smile. How do you feel? I bet you feel different, don't you? So do yourself a favor if you don't have it already at home. This can literally, truly change your life, practicing the affirmations. Because, you know, as the ancient master says, we are what we think, what we think we are. Right? So if we change our thoughts, we can change the way we feel, the way we respond to life, the way we live our life. Also, on the same page where there's this affirmation that we'll be practicing also together again in the separate experiential segment in the guided meditation session at the end of this presentation, there is an affirmation for psychological success. And there are other beautiful affirmations that I found very helpful when I was a high school student. For example, I'm cool, I'm calm. I'm brave, I'm strong. I'm sweet, I'm kind. These are words of the Master. Then I added, and we can also adapt to our own need according to what we are going through in life, some of these affirmations. We start with the words of the Master, then we may add the sentence that we may like. For example, I wanted to develop more confidence in myself, accepting myself for what I was at the time, even though I had the goal of becoming something else, and also having more courage. It does take courage, especially when our surrounding environment may not support us in our spiritual aspirations. And usually that's the case in many, especially in high schools or even some colleges. I'm cool, I'm calm. I'm cool, I'm calm. And as we repeat these words, you may even want to close your eyes and you visualize yourself wherever you are or whenever you will be going back to school or in a sport competition or wherever you are in the world, being cool and calm. Let's remember what we think we become what we feel in our hearts, we attract. What we imagine, we create. 
what we think we become, what we feel in our hearts we attract, what we imagine using the focus, concentrated thoughts of our mind and the feelings and desires, the aspirations of our hearts, we create that, we attract that, that becomes a reality. And so, close your eyes and now visualize yourself as I repeat this affirmation. I'm cool, I'm calm. I am cool, I'm calm. I'm brave, I'm strong. I'm brave, I'm strong. I'm confident, I'm courageous. I'm confident, I'm courageous. Once again, breathe in slowly and deeply. Exhale. Let go of everything but that state that you want to attain. Being calm, confident, courageous. Do you like it? Well, a few minutes a day. The best time in the morning when you're awake. I know some of you, some of the teenagers told me, they feel compelled. The first thing they want to do is check text and messages, see how many likes they got on their Instagram page. Yes, but they can wait. They can wait. A Guru founder would say, everything else can wait, but your search for God cannot wait. Now, God is joy. God is happiness. So when we say search for God, is the attainment of your own joy, our own happiness. So before engaging with the world and maybe then being disturbed because you see there's still the pandemic may be going on, still restrictions, still you cannot go out to see friends and boys and girls and whatever. Well, give a few minutes to God. Practice some of these breathing exercises. Utilize some of the guided meditations. You can just access them, yes, on your smartphone. There's also beautiful images, sounds. There are monastics, monks and nuns guiding you. Meditation on peace, on joy, on love, on creating abundance, prosperity, expansion of consciousness, you name it. We have so much beautiful material. I wish I had the material at the time. I only had a few books, but it was enough to just to help me to stay strong on the spiritual path despite the difficulties, the challenges. And so, I've told you quite a bit about myself, but now, what about you? What is it that you really, really want? Who do you want to become? What do you want to attain in life? If you were here now with me and other teenagers or young adults, that's what we would discuss. So, what would you say? Would you be ready to say something about your life as I try to convey my own early experiences as a teenager and as a young adult. So this is the time of your life when we are discovering who we are and what we want to stand for. This is the time to have hopes and ambitions and dreams. What do I want to attain? What do I want to share with others? What do I want to bring to the world? It's exciting, isn't it? Even though it's kind of early in the presentation, I want to share to you this story of Bill Gates, his mother apparently related that when Bill Gates, as you know, the founder of Microsoft, when he was a teenager, young boy, he would spend a lot of time, many afternoons, alone, crouched down in a corner with the head down, as if it was absorbed, lost in something. And after a while, the mother asked him, Bill, what are you doing? And he didn't reply at first, he didn't acknowledge. And again, Bill, what are you doing down there? 
eventually Bill, Bill Gates looked up and he was a little disturbed that he was being interrupted and he said, Mom, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Will you let me think? Don't you ever think? <laughs> and later on, actually, they asked, some journalists asked Bill Gates about this story and he nodded a smile, yes, yes, I can remember how I felt the need to stay more alone and absorb myself in the deep thinking and gradually, I was thinking, well, now there's all these huge, big computers only in universities, schools, big corporations. What if we're going to have a small computer in each house? So you see, he started there as a teenager, spending more time alone. So going back to you, what would you say? Let's first put, out, uh, put this thought for you to consider. I use the words, what do you want to stand for? Have you heard the saying, if we do not know what we want to stand for, then we are going to fall for anything. And that's the story of many teenagers, many wasted lives, many young adults, when they really don't know, they don't have a clue, no major definite purpose in life, no goals, they, don't know, they do not know what to believe in, what to stand for. And then they're carried away by all the temptations and attractions, and they end up badly. But it doesn't need to be that way. This is the time to really clarify what we truly want. And it begins by sometimes having the courage to spend a little more time alone and becoming comfortable with who we are, even when we are alone. I'll share with you this story, how a teenage girl learned, maybe the hard way, the story. It was warm summer day, high school vacations, and so she was invited to go to a garden party. There was a big, large pool, very deep. And so the usual that you may imagine in high school party, pre-pandemic, uh, loud voices, uh, boisterous, rowdy music going on, and <clears throat> various activities. And so all of a sudden, this girl, without becoming aware, she was grabbed from the back from some friends. They grabbed her and they threw her in the pool. Now, she was a good swimmer. She was used to that, so she wasn't concerned at all. She almost like enjoyed. And she let herself sink down to the bottom of the pool, very deep. And as she was going down and exhaling, she could perceive that the sounds and the loud music was becoming muffled, becoming just going away, distance away. And she could see the light of the sound filtering through the water. She felt like enveloped in this warm, fluid light, like in a bubble of peace, calmness, silence. And then she had that inside. That's what I want. That's what I want to experience more. That's what I need more in my life now a little more of the silence and calmness and being enveloped, surrounded, embraced in this light, in this warm, fluid light. So by the time the boys and girls outside, they were becoming concerned because she was staying quite a bit at the bottom, but she was, again, a good swimmer. She was used. So she came back up, she smiled, she said, I'm going home. And she left the party, she walked home, she picked up a book that she always wanted to read of inspiration, and then she started writing on her journal. And she shared it was the first time in days, weeks, maybe months, when she felt really good and she wanted to have more. And so what I was going to tell you before proceeding is that 
It is true that even during the pandemic, many teenagers have felt a lot of pressure. They use words like pressure is coming down like lightning and uh, pressure from our parents to be successful, pressure from our teachers to be very good students. Then we add our own pressure because we too want to do good in life. And sometimes it's too much or we feel that we are never good enough. So this is serious. This is there. I did a little research and it is true that there are so many publications. If you go online, you can see so many beautiful, interesting articles who also may offer some practical coping strategies to deal with, with this situation. But they talk, the experts and the youth psychologists talk about this epidemic of stress and anxiety in teens. The American Psychological Association reported that today's teens, for the first time, feel more stressed than their parents do. Research projects and surveys show, I'm reading from this article, that those in their late teens and early 20s are more likely than any other group to say that they feel lonely, hopeless, fearful, and worried about the future. Now, this is what the experts are saying. It may be true for some, but it doesn't need to be true for you. Because again, we always have an option. First and foremost, if you have signs of emotional ongoing stress, if you have experienced anxiety or even depression, then it's a sign of humility and courage to speak up, to ask for help. Maybe for a while you may need a therapist, a professional counselor, as if when you sprain your ankle or you strain a ligament, you need a medical doctor to help you to heal just for a while. But remember, it's just a phase of your life. It does not define you. What you're going through now, even though you are struggling and suffering emotionally inside, it will go away. But actually, if you take it as an opportunity, it can make, it can make you strong. It can make you even much stronger. Albert Einstein, when he was a teenager, would you believe a young boy, his parents and his teachers thought that he was mentally retarded, that he spent so much time alone thinking and they didn't know what was wrong with him. They thought his mind was always in the clouds. When he was in high school, for some odd events, he was expelled. He was kicked out of high school. And when finally, finally he graduated as a teacher, no one would give him a job. Can you imagine? So it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun for him, he recounted. But look who he became afterwards. So he didn't let those initial failures in his youth and as a young adult to define his life. But when we go back to this article saying that so many teenagers feel lonely, hopeless, fearful, worried, well, that's the story of all of us, of many of us as teenagers. So that's the story of many, many women on this planet Earth. Until, unless we find something better. Until, unless maybe a master like a Paramahansa Yogananda, a Christ, a Buddha, Krishna, come into our lives with their teachings, then we begin to see, oh, maybe there's a different way to live this life. So it's not just a pandemic. Maybe it has been exacerbated. Let's be more acute, but it can be any time of, of your life, of your adult life. Because I can assure you, even two years ago, when before the pandemic started and I would meet with teenagers and young adults, they would tell me the same things, that they were 
under a lot of pressure, they felt lonely and fearful and worried. But if we acknowledge this and then we work on ourselves and we have some practical methods to, to really dedicate our life on to, about, on our daily life, then things can and will change for the better. The Master says, life here on earth appears futile and chaotic until we are anchored in the divine. Futile, meaning senseless, nothing really makes any sense, right? Chaotic, so much confusion, and that adds to the pressure. Life here on earth will have no meaning and appears futile and chaotic until we are anchored in the divine. I found out, and many other young people like me who started on the yoga path of Paramahansa Yogananda, we realized that by practicing yoga meditation, then you gradually become anchored in God, in that personal aspect that is nearest and dearest to our heart. They say, if God is God, He can be anything, anyone you want Him, Her, He to be, right? That's the beauty of the yoga tradition, that it's not a theological, theoretical, intellectual approach, but something that we can experience. And when we create the relationship with the Divine through yoga meditation, and we feel that we can establish our life on this solid, strong foundation of our connection with the Divine. So our topic is building this foundation in our lives, a spiritual foundation. Where do we found it? how we can experience that in our personal connection with the Divine. And believe it or not, it begins by first getting to know ourselves, first connecting with ourselves as we are now, with our own soul. That's why I wanted to share with you the findings of the monastics and lay members who serve in our youth services area here at the Mother Center. They have found out that yes, some teenagers have been struggling, but those who have been reading the books of the Master, those who have been meditating even just a few minutes a day, SRF teens who are doing well during these challenging times are those who, one, they know what they want. Two, they feel comfortable with who they are. That's the way I am now. Yes, I'm doing my best. I, will, I can change, I can improve, but Still, I'm okay now. It's okay with who I am now. And three, they are able to be by themselves. As this girl from the story of the pool, she realized, hey, I don't need to socialize all the time. And last but not least, very important, they are focusing on their own creative projects and self-improvement. Creative projects how to manage the idle, restless mind, engage it with creative projects, go out in nature, journaling, arts and crafts, uh, uh, bring out your colors, draw some pictures, listen to music, write poetry, listen to inspiring music. That's the way to focus your mind. We are not talking only exclusively of the spiritual practices of meditations. So creating projects, self-improvement, and having I would like to emphasize the first principle, knowing what we want. As I told you that I knew what I wanted since I was a teenager. And all these great men and women, if they could go back to their childhood, adolescent years, teenagers, young adults, they were, they were giving time, some deep thinking, to really 
conceive, realize what they wanted to attain in life. I like this quote of Henry Ford. Ford would say, problems, difficulties, challenges are what we experience when we lose sight of the goal. That's the importance of always having our goal in mind. One advanced woman disciple of our master, Sri Ganamata, she wrote the book, God Alone. We, we have a writings in that book, published by Self-Realization Fellowship. She would say, keep your goal ever shining before you. And so remember, when you have difficulties, problems, challenges, as Henry Ford would say, that's what I see when I take my eyes off the goal. Our youth services collected some testimonials I'd like to share with you. First, a teenager boy, to illustrate this concept, he said, I normally follow what my peers do, but during quarantine, I found success and contentment in doing what I want to do. You see again, this young boy, he knows what he wants, but then he, actually he adds, I'm worried though, I'm worried that when I'm placed back into the school environment, I will lose myself. Well, yes and no. Again, it doesn't need to be that way. If we take time to prepare ourselves, even when eventually you will go back to school and mix again with social events, then things may be different. That's the conscious decision that I had to make as a high school student. I told you ago when I spoke with Brother Bimalananda to get some advice to receive counsel, and say, you don't have to be with your friends all the time. Now, for you, it will be you don't have to socialize on Instagram or Pinterest or Discord or Facebook the whole time, all the social media, right? Yes, some, it's okay, especially at time of iso isolation, you all need it. We all may need it, but then learn to spend a little more time alone. On the other side of the spectrum, researchers have found out that young people who don't seem to be clear in their mind of what they want, what is their major definite purpose in life. Now, mind you, it's not that by age 16, 17, we have to figure everything out. It doesn't work that way. I too didn't have it. It's a gradual process, but at least we begin. But those who spend most of their time browsing the internet or getting, trying to get likes on social media are the ones or they're most lonely and unhappy. So why not learn from these situations? Spending a little more time by ourselves. Our Guru Paramahansa Yogananda said in his own words, in this tremendously busy life. So you see, as a master, he knew, even in the 30s, 40s, 50s, he could see that our life can become tremendously busy. There is that pressure. He says, in this tremendously busy life, Unless you are often by yourself, you can never succeed. That's what we want. All-round success that will bring joy, love, contentment, happiness to us, and then will enable us to share it with others, with our loved ones, friends, with the world. That's when we become truly, lastingly happy. So come up with your plan. At this point, I'd like to show you a book that I suggest that you can begin with, The Spiritual Diary. We're talking about building a spiritual foundation. Well, on the back cover, that's what it says, on the back cover of The Spiritual Diary, a daily guide to spiritual thinking. Spiritual thinking is the foundation of spiritual living. So what I would suggest is a practical application every day, one day at a time, you just read the quote. 
one quote. It's very brief. I timed it. It takes less than a minute sometimes. And then think about it. How can I apply it in my life? What does it tell me? And then you will see there is a lot of space, right? When I was in college, by this time, I would write here. And here I wrote my plan, practical plan and my goals. So one, God first. God is the goal. We want to attain the joy that happens that is God, and we can feel it as we made it. Two, set your goals. Three, have a plan. Goals is who we want to become, what we want to attain. Plan, plan is when we're going to work on those goals. Have a plan. For get your daily inspiration, at least one quote of a master that inspires you, like reading from the spiritual diary or any other book that you like. Or if you're ready for the lessons, as we said, the lessons of self-realization fellowship. Five, learn to manage your mind with the methods that are taught to us by our master. Six, last but not least, maybe the most important, awaken your heart. That when we practice meditation, it's not just this cold science of yoga, breathing exercises and pranayama methods. We very much awaken our hearts, our feelings, our desire to have intimacy with the divine so that we can call him, her, our beloved, the sweetheart of all hearts. It becomes real. And that's when life becomes beautiful, very beautiful, more beautiful than anything else we can experience in this life. When a relationship, our personal relationship with the divine becomes real through the practice of yoga meditation and the teachings and what I'm sharing with you. So start by reading a little bit every day. And then I want to focus just a few minutes of setting goals and having a plan. I mentioned to you about the childhood or adolescence of Albert Einstein. He's the one who said, if you want to live a happy life tied to a goal, not to people, not to things. Albert Einstein. And the masters would tell us, how can we reach our goals if we never think about them? So carving out time for our days to really sit quietly, and after meditation is the best time, to think deeply about what we want to do in life. Have a plan, schedule your life, have a routine. And so I had one short sentence that I took out from a poem from the Self-Realization Fellowship Lessons of our Guru, Paramahansa In this sentence, the Master says, With the dawn, I will create my new world of eternal joy. Repeat it just once after me. With the dawn, I will create my new world of eternal joy. And so we spend a few minutes after waking up and getting ready for my meditation, with the dawn, as the sun rises, I'm going to create my new world of eternal joy. No matter what happened before, no matter what they say in the news or the media, it's going to be good, it's going to be fine. This is creative thinking. The Master speaks about creative thinking, and would you like to know what he said? He says, work on your progress with God. That is the most important of all creative thinking. So, as we come to the end, what have we learned? What I hope you will remember from, from this presentation, that if you want to build a strong, powerful foundation in our life that will help us to be truly confident, courageous, calm, and successful, then 
we want to focus some of our time to self-improvement, to get to know ourselves and to practice yoga meditation, the teachings of a self-realized master who has attained the state of joy and happiness. And when we do that, we can create this personal relationship with the divine and our personal intimate connection with the divine becomes the source of our strength, the source of our confidence and courage. I share with you this last story. One woman who became a student of the SRF lessons and then received Kriya Yoga initiation. So she was a little older than me. We were together in college she was, and she went on to receive Kriya Yoga initiation and I could see the transformation in her eyes, in her face, all countenance, her whole life. She used to be a pretty shy, fearful, insecure girl. But after becoming a student of the SRF lessons, and then after especially receiving the initiation to Kriya Yoga, she told me her whole life changed. And she described me when during the ceremony, she heard the words of the Master in a recording saying, this is the beginning of your relation with the infinite. It's not just, now I'm paraphrasing the words of the Guru, it's not just taking a powerful method of yoga meditation. This is the beginning of your personal relationship with the Divine. And then later on, in the recorded talk, the Master says, do your best, to the best of your ability every day, you meditate a little bit, you pray to, the divine, to God, and then you will see, you will find that there is a God who is very human, a God of love who is very human, a response to your human affection. And this girl, this woman told me, these words literally changed her life, knowing that, one, she had a practical method to become interiorized, and then how to connect to the divine, and there is a God of love who is very human, a response to our human affection. And that's when, when we experience being loved. That's the greatest happiness that we can know in life. And even a psychiatrist like Freud would say, how sure, how courageous and how bold one becomes when he's sure of being loved. And this French poet, Victor Hugo, he said in a different way, more poetically, the greatest, most supreme happiness of life is the certainty, the surety, the conviction that we are loved. When we meditate, that's what I experienced since I was a teenager, young adult, that someone really loves me here. Someone really likes me no matter what, even and especially when I make mistakes or when I act stupidly. And we all do sometimes, we all make mistakes. Someone accepts, accepts me as I am now. And this is true love, divine love. Who can give to us that love? except the Masters, Divine Mother, the Heavenly Father, the Divine Beloved, the Master. So, connecting with the Divine, that form, aspect that is near to your heart, and you only know you what is good for you, what feels right, what you need in your heart, as a friend, as a Beloved, as a Divine Mother, as a Heavenly Father, as a great Master Avatar like Christ, Buddha, or own Guru. You only know. But having the clear concept of Divine can make such a huge difference. Then we want to meditate. It's not just another chore, something else that we have to do. We want to spend time alone with the Divine Friend, 
with our divine lover, divine beloved, right? As if you would want to go out and meet your girlfriend or your boyfriend, your friends, to have the joy, because love brings joy. And then we share the joy with others. Naturally, we become confident. We like who we are, not in a selfish, uh, self-centered, narcissistic sense, but we like who we are now. It's okay. I'm trying my best. I'll do better next time. Does it make sense? Did you enjoy these principles? So I would like to end by sharing with you a brief poem by our master, Yoganandaji, that I feel in these few sentences the master tells us all we need, if we are teenagers, young adults, all we need to be successful in life, to attain the state of ananda, divine joy, and that love, and how to share it with others. So take a deep breath in, exhale, let go of everything else, and feel that the Master is sharing with you these words as guidance, as encouragement, as inspiration for your days to come. The noble knew, sing songs that none have sung, Think thoughts that never in brain have rung. Walk in paths that none have trod. Weep tears as none have shed for God. Give peace to all to whom none other gave. Claim him your own who is everywhere disclaimed. Love all with love that none have felt and brave the battle of life with strength unchained. As we end this presentation, my prayer, my hope for all of you is that you always act confidently and courageously and remember these words of our Guru. So may you start now to live your life of joy and happiness. God and the Masters bless us always.